meaningful purpose. Come and read our new ebook, plus see our Discovery Store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Kathy Wilde of Wild Ideas. What a wonderful title. And it's all about creativity from the inside out. What would this world be without creativity? Every single thing you have and that you do and that you enjoy comes from somebody's creation, somebody's ability to tap in, see something and go after it. We cannot stifle creativity. We can't box it or compartmentalize it or organize it. It's wonderful organized chaos on its own. It has an energy on its own. And we, if we decide to ride with it and see where it takes us, it can take us to wondrous places um, into creativities that will blow your mind, but most certainly set your soul and your heart free. We need creativity. So Kathy Wilde, um, her book, Wild Ideas, Ideas, is creativity from the inside out. It goes beyond a few simple suggestions to stimulate creativity. She delves beneath the surface, telling stories from those on the creative path. As she points out, this path is not a straight line from A to Z. It has zigzags. It has reversals and successes. You'll be inspired to stay the course through the chaos of creation as you tap into Kathy Wilde's deep wisdom fully expressing what it has meaning and value to you. So let's tap into some of this wisdom right now and how we can actually get out of ourselves sometimes and let our creative um, juices come forth without restricting them. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be here. Creativity, what would we be without it? Well, we'd be very uh, boring. <laughs> I don't think we <laughs> would I'm exist. I think we would have <laughs> become obsolete had we not got creativity. Yes, and our lives would not have as much meaning uh, mm. without it. Uh, creativity is what gives us the juice in life and helps us continue to reinvent our lives. Mm. And in this day and age when we're living longer and longer, creativity has never been more relevant you know, we're no longer retiring and just uh, sitting in a rocking chair. We're continuing to reinvent our lives uh, for decades longer than we ever have. So it's just so vital that we have this understanding of creativity as a way of life, not just something that artists do or musicians do or some other type of person uh, as a career, but it's really a way of life. And that's what I've tried to bring across in the book. For so long, people think creativity is just the artist. And, you know, also that the artist is just the one of a paintbrush or a singer or a dancer um, or an actor. And they don't realize that creativity is it absolutely everything that we do. It's, it's a heart and mindset, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and you can learn that mindset. So many people say, oh, I'm not creative, or my sister is, or she got the gene, or somebody else is. But we really all are. And normally... It, you can learn how to open that channel up. And the point of creativity is that even in something like trying to become healthier or looking at our relationships, the moment we start to question how we do something, the moment we step out of the tried and true way of operating, whether it's what we're eating, whether it's how we're in, relating to our children or our husband, uh, whether it's a decision to change uh, our career, just the things that we're looking at in daily life, creativity is engaged the moment you begin to question uh, your normal way of doing something. I, I and mean, it, it can be as simple as changing a hairstyle, can't it? You know, yes, be more it, creative with the way you dress or your hairstyle. Exactly. And as soon as you start to think about something like that, the blocks can occur if you if you have uh, a feeling about yourself that you're not creative, or you think, well, so and so wouldn't approve of that, or what would mm -hmm. my mother think, or um, you know, maybe they won't like me anymore if I do it this way. That that those are examples of the kind of blocks that even artists face. What will they think of my work? So yeah. it's a similar kind of mindset that can get in the way of opening up to a new uh, impulse or desire to do something differently. I think it's rather dysfunctional, 
you know, of human beings. We, you know, we want to please people, and that's fine. You want to please people. You want to bring joy and happiness to people. You want people to kind of approve of who you are, what you're doing, what you're contributing in the world. But this needing to please people and, and the sense of judgment, you know, it's become about judgment, hasn't it? Um, what will they think? Will they, you know, um, throw me aside? Will they make fun of me? Will they belittle me? And uh, it's we've become rather cruel with that. Um, and it, you know, that's also what stifles creativity in itself, doesn't it? Well, I think you really hit on something that's very important. It, it's very interesting uh, in the age of the internet and blogging, and people seem to be more expressive than ever before. At one level, it seems like anything goes, and yet at another level, because of all this, we're more aware of what the latest style is, or what so and so is doing or not doing. And of course, you know, we have the bullying that can go on uh, mm. in. So there's almost more judgment than ever before, yeah. even as there seems to be more freedom than ever before, and it's an interesting tension. And I think that we all are monitoring that tension within us. We all want to be loved and accepted. That's just a universal uh, feeling. We want to belong. And at the same time, there's the tension that we want to be unique individuals and we want to be free to create. And part of being a creator is walking that tightrope between the tension between those two poles. I think it's important to be aware of those of us who, who care about being accepted and care about pleasing other people. We want to be aware of that's important to us. And at the same time, it's really a question of balance. If we go too far on that pole, we're going to lose ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're going to lose best, and we're going to begin to feel resentful. So I think each of us needs to look at that tension within us between those two poles and just make sure we're in balance. And one of the things I try to do in the book is bring people in touch with some of these deeper questions and tensions that we carry around that either support or inhibit creativity. And through the book, people can delve deeper than they would normally do on their own and really get a chance to ask those important questions that we need to ask if we're trying to free ourselves to step into a new way of living or maybe we're, we want to just recreate something that we're already doing. Mm. You know, I see that um, you, know, you do art therapy. My, my daughter's studying that right now. And, you know, um, very often, you know, people cannot articulate um, through words. You know, on some people it might be the words that you know that they can express, but you know uh, they may find it in art. Um, and today's art, you know, isn't just the, you know the oil paint and the canvas anymore, is it? You know, you have graffiti, you have um, sketching, you have doodling, you have uh, abstract, you have uh, you so many different ways of expressing ourselves. And very often that creativity is dying to come out in some way. Um, but we think we've got to be, you know, the Picassos. We've got to be the something else. So it's not going to count. And really, it's just opening the door and letting it uh, explore itself, letting it out and see where it wants to take you. Well, that's exactly right. And I think that there's so much, because we have so much access to brilliant people in their fields now through the Internet, the examples of of what people are doing are everywhere, and I, th- I think they can be very intimidating. I know that's where I had come from in my path. I had always felt called to the art, felt as an artist, and at the same time, I, I, didn't, I didn't get good grades in art. I wasn't identified in school as an artist. So I really felt disconnected from the performance that I was being graded on and the way I felt about myself as a person. And I think that's really important. I think you have to really trust your sense of being drawn to something, even if there isn't any traditional evidence that it may be the right thing because of what other, how other people see you. Um, you need to trust that feeling of going toward the arts and, or, or some sort of form of expression. I think that, as you're saying, there are so many options today for how we can express ourselves. Again, that can be very overwhelming and confusing. And I think that what you have to do is just try things, experiment with things, and see what feels right. And try not to look too far ahead on the path, because it can be overwhelming to see all the various directions that you can go in. And one of the things that I think helps is being, getting more into your body 
um, the work that I do combines art therapy with somatics, which is, mm-hmm. is really a way of orienting toward exploring energy in the body rather than it doesn't necessarily have to come out through art. It can come out through movement or sound. But in various ways, we have those impulses that are locked up inside our bodies, and sometimes we can't access them in traditional ways of talking and thinking. It really goes so much deeper than that. And that's where it's important to delve deeper into the body where we can access more intuitive wisdom and intuitive guidance in terms of the direction that our path is going. Yeah. Um, you know, it's letting spirit free, isn't it? Is that I always say to everybody, the, the answers are always within you. You know, the soul's intellect that resonates with the heart, uh, that gets into spirit action and the mind knows what it needs to know when it needs to know it. Um, I feel half the time, most of the time, I'd probably say all the time, we're looking on the outside of life, something from the outside of life to fill us, uh, to give us some sort of meaning of life. You know, why are we here? What is our purpose? But we need to really tune in from the inside out, don't we? Because that's where the answers lie. And from, you know, from the soul, from the heart, from the spirit is where your truth, your purpose and your passion will come. Um, So we need to turn those eyes within Yes, I, I, this is, I'm so excited about what you're talking about now, Sarah, because this is really the key. And it is, it's difficult because life, in order to do life, we need to have a practical bent. Um, the demands of everyday living are so practical. The more we pile on in terms of our responsibilities, if we have a relationship, if we're working, if we have children, if we have parents that we're taking care of, all of that the the duties involved to fulfill those responsibilities are extremely practical. And I think that if we're not careful, we can just be taken over by those practical considerations, and it leaves no room for our creative spirit. And that's part of why we often feel fatigued. I see a lot of people with uh, chronic fatigue, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're not nurturing themselves through some sort of creativity, uh, some sort of time that's spent in renewing that spirit that you're talking about. Mm. And it does seem like there's never enough time, and that's because when we're in the practical mind, it completely takes over and it wants to be in charge. The practical mind is related to our ego, and there's a sense of self-importance and the importance of our responsibilities that we feel when we're in that side of the mind. And it just completely excludes our more vulnerable, intuitive, creative mind. And getting into that other side, once we get in there, we realize how important and valuable that aspect of ourselves is. And then that inspires us to look more deeply, and magically we seem to realize, yes, there is some time to do this. I know that I go through that struggle with my clients where they get so caught up in the practical side of life they just resist the, and, and it resists through the idea that there isn't enough time to really explore the inside out, as you are talking mm-hmm. about. And there actually is enough time. In fact, the reason there's enough time is that when we don't do it, we become sick. Yes. So we have to make time in order to feel energetic in order to feel well and a sense of well-being in our bodies as well as our psyches. So I've always found with clients, the ones that feel they have the least time tend to find that they need this the most. Mm -hmm. And it's really a matter of listening and becoming more sensitive to the parts of ourselves that are really starving for this kind of renewal of the creative spirit. And once we are in touch with that, uh, it becomes we become so much more motivated in order to fulfill ourselves. And there's almost always a way to restructure in order to make that time. And again, it's just a balance between being in the world, belonging to the world, and belonging to ourselves in a way that really makes a difference. I mean, there's sometimes. So much... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add one more thing. Sometimes, in order to deal with that exhaustion and depletion that really needs to be renewed through creative spirit, this is where the addictions come in. Um, Drinking, the overeating, uh, the behaviors that give us stress release. There's no doubt we get stress released from them, but they 
damaged us. They make us feel guilty or ashamed of ourselves or we wake up with a hangover or whatever it is, whether it's a literal hangover or a metaphoric hangover. It's the same idea that this sense of trying to deal with stress in a way that doesn't really renew the creative spirit just makes us more tired and more depleted in the long run. Yeah. So I really wanted to mention that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I fully understand that fatigue, most certainly. But, you know, there are so many ways that we can introduce creativity even into our daily humdrum lives. You know, it's, it's again about changing our perspective. You know, you have your ABCs that you have to do every day. It's your job or your, your mother or your this or that. And you know those are the things that you're going to have to do. But how about doing them with a little more creative spice? How about changing it up? You know, the way you cook a meal, um, dressing up instead of the humdrum daily clothes. So in your work, bringing more creativity to it. If we are starving for that and we're, s- and we're trapped in that daily life, we, how do I get out of it? How about bringing some creativity to your daily life? And you'll find that that creativity then will grow and so many people I've interviewed who have been trapped in the daily humdrum but had that creativity trapped inside of them, when they let it go, even a little, it took on a life of its own and eventually enough for them to walk away from the humdrum and live in that creativity and make it work for them. But it's about integrating it into your daily life, isn't it? Starting it there. Well, I th- and I think that we do get into routines and uh, routines are important for a sense of well-being as well. But sometimes it's a matter of just switching the schedule up mm-hmm. and taking a walk when, you know, you were supposed to uh, maybe start dinner and dinner could be an hour late and everybody could go for a walk, something like that. And you can look around and see what you can see or you can go watch the sunset. Um, I think that even the things are goals. I, I, I'm thinking about one of my clients who... Um, this is something that so many people are into, right? They want to get healthier. They want to lose weight. They want to eat healthy. And I remember one of my clients, this is, a, I think, an example of applying the creative process. Um, you know, he did what seemed like the right thing, went to a physician, uh, got put on a diet and a program, and started out trying to follow it, you know, exercise and diet. And it, was a, it sounded like a sound program, but after he was trying to follow it for a while, after a few weeks, maybe a month, found that he couldn't do it anymore. He, just, he, he felt so trapped inside this plan that the doctor had given him. And pretty soon, this is similar to New Year's resolutions, he stopped following the plan. And when he came to see me, I think he was so despondent and discouraged and guilty, he felt so guilty about it, And one of the things I said to him was that, well, it doesn't take any creativity to follow someone else's plan for us. And Mm -hmm. I encouraged him to think about his goal from his own unique lens and and look at how he could achieve it in his own way. And so he started out by just doing the things that came more easily, giving up certain foods. And, And he said, well, I could maybe walk, you know, 10 minutes a couple times a week. Well, that's not really very much, but... If he could do it, then that, that makes a lot of sense. And so he started out by creating his own idea of how to do it, following his own voice and creating his own plan. And by, by being able to achieve something, he built up his confidence, and he just kept inventing his own way of moving toward that healthier lifestyle. And it took longer than people would maybe say it should, but the bottom line is, is that by creating that himself and thinking of how to do it himself, he was able to reach his goals, and he felt happier doing it and also more fully alive. More fully committed, too, because it's yes. his plan. You know, this is something, you know, it becomes his achievement. He decided on it. Um, he did it. And then if I can do this, then I know I can do more. Um, and, you know, I th- think it's great to have people who are motivators and cheerleaders and guiders. But when we lay down these plans for people, we, they may have worked for you because that's where you were in your life. But we have to be flexible when we're helping other people um, because we don't know what obstacles are there in their mind. And have we made it creative enough for them to feel inspired to follow? Have we made it enough that they feel they can participate in this plan rather than just follow it? You know, yeah, be in, I- you know, be interactive with it. 
Yes, and I think for people who consult experts, which is always a good thing to do, at the same time, you you know, I know what I try to do with my clients is apply something to their unique mm-hmm. lifestyles and their preferences and what works for them. So in order to do that, you have to work from the inside out. You have, uh, you, you know, you have, there's certain ideals and standards for what, especially with something like health, but it doesn't do any good to have a program or a plan if you can't do it. It doesn't matter how good it is or how right it is. So I think that's one important way that people can use creativity in the most basic, practical way, which is to really consult with yourself about how to approach lifestyle changes and improvements when you're consulting with your experts or um, coaches, uh, whatever, doctors, and really feel what is the effect of that advice on me? Am I feeling resistant? Am I feeling excited? Do I feel excited at first and then suddenly find myself uh, dropping out? So that's an important part of the creative process. Artists are listening to their feelings when they're creating. Yes. And one of the ways we can be more creative is to really open up to our feelings and learn to trust them more, to trust that guidance and, and to notice the, the ebbs and flow of, our, of our, our felt responses to situations, which will then enable us to trust our intuition and move to a more creative approach with whatever we're doing. There's something I want to touch on here, which I know you do, which I, I, I'm a huge advocate of because I know it works, is breath work. And so many people are trapped in their breath. You know, breathing is so automatic for them, but they don't realize how tense they become in their breath. And especially if they are having to face something or and you're saying be creative and all of a sudden their minds go blank, you know, um, <laughs> breath work it sets you free, doesn't it? It's kind of getting into the flow of the energy. It's being at one with that energy. And when you uh, let that breath, you know, that breath out and you get into the rhythm of it, it's just everything begins to flow then, doesn't it? Yes. I, I, that's part of the somatic approach. Uh, breath is obviously in the body. And when we tune into breath, that tells us a lot about the state of our emotions. And that's really important in terms of our well-being. And I think that before you create anything, coming in touch with your breath and feeling how your how open your body is is really an important part of being able to move forward um, on your path. And in terms of meeting your goals, it's the same thing. Fear is really an important part of creativity. Um, people often strive to eliminate fear, or fear is a bad thing, but actually it's not a bad thing. Anytime we're moving towards something that really matters to us, anytime we are embracing or admitting that we want, we, we want to create something in our lives, fear is going to come up. Fear is just part of the process that's telling you that you're moving in a direction that's important to you. And fear also can be a warning that something dangerous is going to happen, but it's also present when you're moving in the right direction, yes. especially when you're moving in the right direction. So the, I know for me, when I was younger and I didn't understand the creative process, I thought when I was afraid it meant I was doing something wrong. I was going in the wrong direction. And it really was an incredible breakthrough for me when I began to realize that fear is a sign, can, can be a sign that you're moving toward a direction that matters to you. And because it matters, you're, you're worried about whether you can do it. That's really a normal part of creativity. And so one of, the, one of the things about breath is that it really gives you important clues to fear, and it can help you manage that fear and, and move more deeply into fear, which is what we want if we want to use fear to help us move forward creatively. I mean, there's different types of fear, isn't there? The, you know, there's the fear and the terror that your life is at risk. You know, there's, there's a fear and uh, an anxiety you're going to let people down. And then there's that uh, fear of anticipation, you know, um, and also of, uh, there's a word here that's not coming to mind, but it's right there. <laughs> um, but it's um, a, a different type of anxiety. So, you know, it's a fear of, can I do it? Is it within me? you know, um, will I succeed? But it's not a fear of, I'm so terrified my life is at risk. So it runs on a different adrenaline, doesn't it? 
Yes, it does. And one of the first things that happens when you take on something that's important to you at some level is the fear, can I do it? Yeah. And even if you've, you've done similar things or you've done other, you know, you've done other important things, that, that that's still going to be something that's going to come up. Because if you haven't done it before and it really matters to you and you're a caring person, a caring conscious person, then it's natural to wonder whether you're going to let yourself down. Certainly we're worried about letting other people down. When we say to ourselves, can I do this? Well, I let myself down. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a source of anxiety. And then, of course, when we are in denial about that anxiety, when we can't face it because we've been taught to um, cover fear up, or fear means we're a coward, or fear is something negative, then, then we're really in trouble because then that fear is operating anyway, and we're trying to move forward without connection to the fear. And so that is more likely that the fear can undermine us. Yeah. People for no reason. You know, it takes over, doesn't it? Because it, it has a power of its own. Yes, and it, people think, well, if I'm connected to it and really feel it, this feeling will do me in. Mm-hmm. And yes, there, it can be very intense to connect with what we often consider negative feelings. But it actually... W- is the opposite. The more you connect with it, and particularly if you have the help of someone, you know, helping, guiding you through the process, and you, you can use a journal, if, especially if you're working on your own, to somehow get the communication of that fear out, and then you can switch and turn and address it and say hello to the fear and what is your concern and let me see if I can address that concern. Then you can release the tension of that fear, and then that energy that has been wrapped up in fear is now available to you to pour into your project, to pour into the direction that you're headed. And that's an amazing thing when you can take the energy of fear or anger or resistance of some kind and turn it around and bring it in to your process. And that really can happen when you when you are able to face the natural fear of doubt and wondering whether I can do it, which is very different than whether some, something catastrophic is about to happen. And unfortunately, when you don't have a lot of experience with fear in terms of confronting it, it's hard to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it can feel when you're just doubting yourself, it can sometimes feel as if something terrible will happen. So um, we sometimes make more trouble for ourselves than is necessary when we don't face the natural fear and anxiety uh, and self-doubt, guilt and shame, they're all part of the creative journey. And uh, it's once we face those feelings, we, it's, we can move ahead. Yeah. I mean, you know, fear turns into excitement. You know, like I, um, I, my mother was an actress and, you know, she always oh. had that nervousness before going on to a stage, right? Um, you know, a little fear, will the audience like me? Will I remember my lines? Will I trip up? Will I do this? You know, all of that that goes through you. But in, in a sense, it was kind of a, a more of an excitement and a, you know, trepidation of, of what's going to happen. But she said, without those nerves, I would not be able to get into the role. You know, she said, people who then just step into it without any butterflies, without any nervous, without any consciousness, become robotic over it rather than stepping into that passion. So sometimes that fear, it's just maybe nerves, you know, um, initially fear, but once you get into it, it's just kind of that nerves, that, the, that excitement that, you know, will I be able to deliver type thing? And it's a totally different fear that you can face altogether. Very interesting because I have heard that about actors before, mm-hmm. that's fright. And I think there's a fine line because I think too much of it and you're not able to function. Right. But certain level, and I think professional uh, actors or speakers, people who are confronting that fear, um, who are performers, they find a way to find the right amount, the edge that they need to walk in that. Because uh, sometimes people have so much of it, they can't perform. But I think in those circumstances, that is something that people can get help with. Because sometimes when we have too much feeling that it becomes so overwhelming, usually there's something going on in our background that we need to face that's adding into the natural nerves that you're talking about that get us excited and ready to perform 
that's the normal level. But when we have more than the normal level, that's usually a sign that there's some sort of unfinished business that is operating on a similar emotional frequency that is really not about the performance, but it is somehow getting caught up in that. And some, something that could have happened in childhood that, that has scared us or something we were afraid of. And somehow times investigating that and neutralizing the effect of it enables us, frees us to then be able to inhabit healthy levels of fear that inform creative productivity. You know, I think um, um, expectation, uh, it can be very crippling. Um, people have an expectation of you um, and they want you to deliver ABC in this way and if you're a person that knows that you have a different way uh, I've always <laughs> gone to a different beat of the drum in everything I've ever done and it's like but we didn't do it like that or so-and-so doesn't do it like that well no I'm not so-and-so I'm me. This is my delivery. This is the way I do it. Uh, it's either wrong or right for you. You're either comfortable or you're not for it. But it took me an awful long time to allow myself to be myself and present the way that I present myself because that's my authentic self. But for so long, I was trying to fit into other people's expectation that in a lot of ways, I was letting myself down. Well, I think that you've really hit again on another incredibly important aspect of whether we are able to be creative. And it isn't just other people's expectations, it's our own, mm -hmm. because many of us have too high expectations of ourselves, and that can be just as damaging. And I think that one of the, the issues I know I write about in the book is creators need to have reasonable expectations so that they don't sabotage their process. And I know I'm similar to you. It took me a long time to find my own path. I, I tried the traditional channels, mm -hmm. and they just didn't work for me. And I really, at a very young age, had to turn to my own inner resources. And I've certainly felt them to be extremely thin. Uh, I mean, being young, anyway, you're, you're, you don't have the life experience. But I really felt like I had no choice. I just wasn't finding my way out in the world or finding a career path, uh, the, the structure of the work world didn't work for me, and I really had to find my own way, and it was just very uh, terrifying, and the idea that I wasn't fitting in to um, sort of the, the roles and the rules that other people were following, I, I thought it was some sort of sign of failure, yes. uh, because the degree to which society uh, informs how we need to do our lives, I think we're all affected by that. So I think that your point about expectations is, is an extremely important one, and I think sometimes people need to get a little support for um, being able to back off from the traditional roles and rules and begin to listen more closely to what is going to fit for them. And I think also in process work, we have to also look at our own high expectations that are pushing us in directions that don't work for us. So it's not just society and our friends or um, the culture, but it's also part of ourself uh, that has bought into those expectations and then pushes us to go in those directions that don't work. Mm -hmm. I call it inner team building. We have to build a team from the inside out. Yeah. We have to learn to listen to the various voices, our subpersonalities, and begin to identify them. And I do that through a certain process where we begin to identify those personalities and begin to negotiate relationship with these various internal selves. And most people have uh, many, many different aspects of themselves, and they're all pulling in very different directions. And this is what often accounts for lack of creativity, fatigue, um, a lack of well-being, is we're being pulled in a variety of directions by ourselves and the, and the different agendas that we hold internally. So it's very important to pull together as a team, just as you would in business, just as you want to do in a family. You want to pull together internally with your inner team. You want to identify those players, and then you want to get them to join together around common purpose, each of them aware of what they're contributing, so that we're not fighting ourselves. This is one of the most damaging and depleting aspects yeah. of 
uh, that happen to people when they're not conscious. That's why self-knowledge is so important. Because it isn't, even someone who doesn't think they're talented, talent is the least of it when we're talking creativity. The most important thing is working together with your inner team and moving in a direction with perseverance and focus and with self-love. That internal sense of love and movement around the various parts of yourself in a loving way and supportive way is really 90% of it. It's that important, and it really makes a difference between achieving something creative for yourself and not doing it. And again, you can have a, a lot of talent, and that certainly helps, and it will make up for a lot because many creators are very conflicted, but their talent carries them forward. But if you don't feel you have that talent, then you can make up for that by working on this inner team building and coming to terms with a common purpose and having a more compassionate approach internally. That really makes up for a lot. I know it certainly did in my case. I I wouldn't have been able to do what I did in my life, let alone write a book, uh, without pulling together from the inside out. There was a wonderful movie a few years ago called The Inside Out. Um, an animated movie that was brilliantly written by uh, a couple of fathers who, who just watched their children. And it's about our various emotions. Um, I saw that movie. It's I brilliant, act- isn't it? I loved it. Mm. I loved it. Everyone should see it. Yes. Uh, it, well, it gives it's permission, a- doesn't it? It gives permission yes. to have emotions. But it also shows you that you're meant to go through those emotions. That emotion is there for a reason at the moment. Spend the emotion. Don't get stuck in it. You know, don't get crippled by the fear or the anger or the sadness. It's you're there for a moment. What's causing it? Address it and move on. But I think for children, it's permission to have emotions. But I think as adults, it reminded us of our team building emotions and how to, you know, interact with them. Yes. And I I think that's so important. Um, so m- I think society's become a little more open and accepting about our emotional lives, I mean, compared to when I was first growing up in the 50s. But it's still, there isn't a lot of skill. There's no. a lot of more acting out with emotions, I think, yes. which is not really skillful in terms of understanding and really being able to experience emotion in the body and then process it in a way that becomes productive. And it isn't a matter of just throwing our emotions out into the world or throwing them into our work. There's a way of receiving our feelings and communicating them to ourselves. And then by taking that energy, we can actually direct it as opposed to just act it out. And, and that isn't always very effective. We, become, we don't want to be at the effect of our emotions. We want to receive them and to be able to experience them in a way and then direct them how we would like them to go. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes that involves verbal communication. Yeah. If we're in relationship, we don't want to just act out our emotions onto other people in the same way we don't want to just act them out into our, our work. Uh, so there needs to be a kind of emotional literacy yeah. that needs to be taught because people don't have it naturally. No, we're told to suppress them. You know, I would say, you know, be emotionally tuned in, but don't be emotional. Um, you know, you've got the people that purely live in the emotions, so you're from one extreme to the other, and it, that is that acting out. And in a lot of ways, it's imposing. You're not internalizing. You're not dealing with it with your team inside of yourself. You're just dumping your emotions out on other people, you know. Um, and But there's a way of being tuned in emotionally to what are your emotions telling you? Why do you have this blockage? Come on, team, let's address this um, and it's see, you know, what what the problem is. And the answers are within us, aren't they? Yes, they are. But sometimes you have to dive deep mm-hmm. and discover. And really, uh, it's not always right on the surface. And sometimes people can be afraid of that if they live their lives more on the surface of their personality. But it can be very exciting and liberating and very profound to make that journey deeper into the core of your being and discover your standing place. That's a very core concept yeah. in creativity, having that standing place that, that you find within when you do build that team. And then from that standing place, you move out into the world, and you can better deal with the, 
the various aspects that will be hitting you on the creative path that you can't always control. There's new directions. You can't, you can't control other people, how they're going to respond to your work or to you. But when you have that internal standing place, that is where we can receive from the world, no matter what, whether it's criticism or praise. I think building blocks, you know, um, there are certain things that have been done before and there's certain aspects of what's been done before that are solid. They're a good foundation in which to build from. But that doesn't mean you have to build the same old building like somebody else has done. You have a different vision for it. But, you know, it's kind of know what that structure is, you know, know what the foundation is, uh, because that's pretty solid. And, uh, you know, build from there. And it's it is about pouring yourself into something. We talk about this in business all the time. Um, I had a show yesterday with a gentleman where he used to say the biz the people he worked with were one personality. The people he went to the pub with were a totally different one. And, you know, in business today, we want to deal with people that are the same at work as well as at play. You know, that's their authenticity, that's their genuinity. Um, we've spent our lives lying to ourselves, uh, you know, unknowingly, because we keep trying to mold ourselves into somebody else's building, somebody else's expectation again. And, uh, you know, we are the architects of our own life, and if we allow that creativity to build, you know, based on that good and tried tradition, uh, solid foundation, but we can build whatever we want to build for our lives if we just step into our own authenticity, our own passions, our own purpose, and allow that creativity to grow. Yes, I think that that's really true. And we just need to trust ourselves more and find that focus for our lives that takes us out of every day and gives us a sense of inspiration inspiration big word that's creativity isn't it if we're not inspired we're not going to create and you don't ever know where your inspiration is going to come from you know it's not going to be maybe that teacher or that this or that it could be something you know what a kid's doing in the street or a piece of music or uh, you know something in nature we don't know where we're going to get inspired from and how it's going to inspire us to get creative but we have to be open and willing to receive because, you know, not box ourselves in. Open up. Let that inspiration come to us. Yes, and I think that that's the, the key identity of a creator is as an explorer and a discoverer. And it's about walking through the world wide awake. Mm. And notice what attracts your attention. What, where does your eye go? Where, you know, if you're looking at magazines, where, where does your attention go? What is it you like to look at? That's really how you can begin to tell the direction of your path, is, is where your attention goes, and follow it up. Where does your heart go? Right? Yeah. You, you know, when your heart gets ignited and it gets excited, you know, that's the spirit saying, you can do it too. <laughs> yes, and people just need to give themselves permission yeah. Take, just taking one small step, that's all you need to do. Sometimes people get feel like the journey is so daunting, they don't even want to start. And I think what's important is just to take one step, just one small step, and not worry about what's going to happen down the road. I think that permission word is hellishly um, <laughs> impactful because many, many people, especially in, in different cultures, always have to have permission from their elders, uh, from their community, to be able to do anything, because they don't want anybody stepping outside of what has been, you know, uh, don't rock the boat, so to speak. Um, and they're always looking for permission from someone else to, to, to explore, to be creative, to step outside of that realm. And somewhere along the line, we have to do, the permission lies within you. Um, it is not the exterior permission that you need. It's the interior permission that you need. And uh, when you actually understand you are here as a creative source to contribute to humanity, to, to life, that is all the permission that you need. Well, this is where I think the healing process comes in because part of why we don't give ourselves permission is that something has happened. We, we sometimes have these experiences in 
earlier in our life, that makes it difficult to give ourselves permission. Uh, I'm thinking about a client who was um, was working in uh, investments, and he wanted to move into public policy, and but he was afraid of the effect that changing his job would have on his family, and part of what was not he wasn't able to give himself permission because he had a memory. Um, his father had done the same thing, had changed jobs and and left the family in order to do it. So this is an early trauma that was connected to abandonment around fulfilling yourself. So his father fulfilled himself but basically abandoned the family to do it. So in order for him to give permission to himself to make a, to make a change, what seemed like a similar change, he really had to go deeper and explore the trauma of having been abandoned around, around, around a parent fulfilling themselves. And so permission is not always easy to give if we have something in our past mm-hmm. that is impacted us around the area that we're trying to open. And it's so important to give ourselves permission to get the help that we need. Sometimes people struggle and struggle and they maybe read or they talk to friends or they do a lot of numbers of things. Even workshops sometimes aren't enough. Sometimes you really need that personal, uh, that personal relationship with a professional so that you can really zero in on something that may be operating at a deeper level, that may be very emotionally sensitive, and that it's worth confronting, even though it may be painful, because when you can finally work your way through it, like my client did, then you're able to make that change or to apply the creative energy or free it up and move through the wall that you've created for yourself and give the permission that you're talking about. Yeah. So sometimes it just isn't easy to give that permission because we do have uh, trauma or loss that has impacted us around the very area that we're trying to open. So I think that's important for people to realize that we sometimes need to explore where the emotional knot is inside us in order to open that door. Right. Yeah. Again, getting your teamwork inside, kind of working out what is the problem here. Um, you know, there are so many people who say, I really would love to do this, but I don't know what's holding me back. And uh, Oh, that is so true, mm-hmm. Sarah. That is exactly what people say. And But you can find out. Yeah. Some, I mean, our, our defense mechanisms protect us from knowledge that has any element of pain. Uh, so it doesn't. So it, it that can be helpful when we're, you know, we're trying to get things done. We we, you know, we're trying to be practical in our lives, and we're energetic bunnies, and we're trying to get these things done. But sometimes we need to connect with pain in order to take that leap to something that is going to be more fulfilling or more productive or to sometimes we have behavior patterns that are not productive because they're really there to defend against something that is painful. Mm-hmm. So when we say to ourselves, well, I don't know why that is, well, you can find out why that is. Yeah. You can find out why you're, you're holding yourself back or why something isn't working. It, it is something that you can find out, and sometimes you do have to just get some help in order to do it because... Very often we're so close to the situation or our defenses are, are working so powerfully that we simply cannot see it. You're right. I mean, we've got to be willing to do our self-discovery, haven't we? Um, you know, life isn't going to get handed to you. There isn't a manual. You know, there is uh, um, you know, a, a tried and true you know, way of, of getting up and walking and doing you know, the survival things. But um, we've got to be explorers in our own life and be willing to discover and you know, be willing to realize that maybe we have lived a lie. Maybe we have uh, lived by somebody else's expectations. Maybe we have sold ourselves short and there is more awesomeness inside ourselves than we're giving ourselves credit for. But if we're not willing to take that self-discovery, and to unravel, you know, what are those blockages? What's been holding me back? Why haven't I ignited with my purpose? Um, not going to get anywhere. So there isn't any downloadable app. There isn't any quick fix or quick pill. You've got to be willing to take the journey. And the amount of love and passion that you pour into that journey, the more you're going to get out of it. Well, I think that's true. And I know for myself, uh, I was so lost when I was younger. And I wrote Wild Ideas Creativity from the Inside Out 
to help people in the same way that I wish that I had been able to mm-hmm. find that help. And I tried my best to put all of that in a book, and there's a lots of important questions in there that will help guide people in their own inner search, as well as uh, very um, personal stories that people can identify with that will help them feel less alone. And I think that it's really important for people to do this work, and it's hard to do it by yourself. Yeah. So whether it's through a book or getting a uh, coach or therapist, uh, it's it's something that really is important. And so so much of the time people feel that they can't do it or they're hopeless or somehow they're blocked, but m- most of the time you can move through these things with the right support. They're uh, very it, important. It, it, Pardon me? It's very important. I mean, you know, your book is that inspiration that becomes that invitation. Um, and unless you're going to inspire someone to want to take that step forward, you know, that invitation, you can't help them. You can only help them when they're ready and willing to help themselves. But first you need to inspire in them that, yes, they can. Just take that step forward. Yes, you can. So Yes, I think that's really true. Uh, I think the only requirement that I say to, I know for my clients, is that you have to be ready to help yourself. Yeah. And to ready, ready to look at something that may be hard to look at. My experience is, is that the more difficult it starts out in being, you're going to get that back tenfold. It's, it's, it's an inverse reward. Mm-hmm. So the reward is going to be just as powerful as what the feeling, whatever the negative feeling feels like. If you can process through it, you're going to get that same energy returned to you in, in a way that you can channel it. So I think that there's really nothing to lose for people uh, when they're opening the door on a long-held secret, a long something they've held back from knowing in themselves or exploring in themselves. Or maybe there's a partial understanding of something that's been difficult, but you, you're not, you haven't quite explored it to the depth that's required in order for your, you to feel freed from the block. Yeah. Well, many people days are exploring themselves but sometimes the process just doesn't go deep enough yes and, and that's wondering really why it's not working and then they give up yeah yeah, yeah. they're doing a lot of the things to help themselves and but it isn't quite working and the reason it isn't is just needs to go to another level uh and and sometimes it's hard to get to that level yeah you need to obviously the right coach, that right supporter to do that, and that willingness to to go through those layers. I mean, you know yourself because you know I always say that I celebrate the people who've taken the journey. Um, it's through your journey that you found your meaningful purpose, and uh, it is now I- your way that you're contributing to humanity with the tools and the knowledge that you've learned. And I think it's the best kind of teaching that you can have. But you also know from going through this journey that you wouldn't have done it any other way that what you've learned about yourself, the strength, the courage, you know, the tenacity, the creativity, the ability, and what you've got to share with people now, that had you kept yourself locked up, you know, what you'll be denying other people. So everybody I've ever interviewed that's been willing to do their own self-discovery and been willing to take that journey, say they have no regrets, no regrets whatsoever. Um, However hard it may have been for some, where they are now in that meaningful purpose it gives them true meaning um, of living altogether. Well, I think that some everybody passes through that phase when we're struggling that we wish we had other lives. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's a feeling to have. And I know that sometimes people can get stuck in that for so long that they become stagnant. And the thing is, we're not going to get another life. It's we have the lives that we have, and I have never met anyone whose lives didn't contain all the elements necessary yeah. to create a fulfilling direction. But it's a question of what are we doing with those elements? Mm-hmm. Are we beating ourselves up with the elements? Are we fantasizing for a different life with those elements? Are we closing off to those elements? Are those elements in such chaos that we aren't able to direct them? So we all have the right elements, no matter what our backgrounds, for creating a purposeful, creative life. But it's a question of just engaging those elements in a way, looking at those elements in a certain way, and processing those elements correctly, so that we can take the lives that we've been given, that we have, 
and make them work for us. And that's really the key. But I think we all hit that stage when we're struggling that we wish that we had a different life. And I think yeah. it's important to acknowledge that. It's just that we can't, we can't have that other life. We're, we have to recognize that we've been given this rich material to work from. Mm-hmm. I think that most any life contains rich material that we can channel creatively. And I know for myself, I spent many years trying to find an escape hatch. <laughs> I, you know, I even lived <laughs> on an <laughs> island in the Caribbean, you know, thinking I'd gone to paradise. Well, you know, there's that old saying, wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, you know, whoever you are is going to find you. And unless you grapple with all of these experiences that you've had that may not seem like they add up to much, they will add up to something when you can direct the energy in a constructive way. So wherever you go, there you are. And, boy, I learned that lesson in my 20s yes, <laughs> on an I- island. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and, you know, that's part of that self-discovery again. And I think it's also yeah. to realize that every single body is a gift. And we've just got to open our present. Um, you know, and I, I, I think you have to look at it that way, yeah. because if you don't look at it that way, then you have no means by which to process the pain that many of us have had in our lives. Right. Many of us that look to the creative path have had a lot of pain, and I think it's important to say that out loud. Pain is an extremely important motivator, and I know in my practice and in my own life, pain has played a a crucial role. Uh, It's like a burning, an element that really helps to shape you, provided you can relate to pain in a constructive way. And I, I think we're really not given the tools to cope with the pain that gets inflicted on us when we're very young. And part of where we get blocked is that we're not, we're not able to engage the pain other than to defend against it. And we lose so much of our lives as a result of not knowing how to, to be in relationship to the pain that has occurred in our life. And whether that has been loss in the form of loss or abuse or neglect uh, or an experience uh, that has left us traumatized, we need to understand that pain plays a crucial role in the creative process. There's necessary pain and there's unnecessary pain. And unnecessary pain is the pain we end up creating because we're avoiding the pain yeah. we need to connect with. Yeah. And I think that that's an important thing for people to understand. I know that I spent so much of my own life running away when I was younger thinking I could outrun pain. And the, the best and the worst time of my life was when I began to realize I was going to have to turn and face it in order to have a life, at least a life that mattered to me. And so I just feel that's an important point that we want to bring up about the creative process and the role that pain plays in in freeing our creativity if we address it. And also in discovering just how courageous and how strong you really are. You know, when you step into that strength, you step into that courageousness, when you place that value upon yourself, when you learn to to love who you are from that inside out, you know, that again is your permission and that is uh, your freedom of creativity being allowed to come out. Yes, and exactly. And again, you've hit the nail on the head with the idea of courage. Where do we discover our courage? Mm -hmm. It's in the the crucible of facing uh, the pain that we have internally and and recognizing that we are strong enough to come to terms with whatever these events are that has, have occurred and these losses so that we can step into the light again wiser and take, take the gifts and the learnings. I mean, of course, I certainly prefer not to have had those, those things happen to me. I prefer not to have my mother had those breakdowns and the neglect that occurred and all of the things that happened. Of course, who would... I wouldn't necessarily sign up for that again. That's not what I'm saying, that these things are good things that have happened. But they have happened. And the pain that occurs as a result is something that, that can become a good. It can become a good in the creative process if we engage it in a way that is skillful and that enables us to hone our courage and grants us this incredible wisdom that enables us to become more powerful and unique creators. So that is the role of pain in the creative process. 
since we don't necessarily have a choice at what happens to us early on, we need to be able to incorporate those experiences in a constructive way. Precisely. And actually when we, you know, when we do step into that and we find that courage and we find that strength, uh, you know, it does, that pain leads us to our meaningful purpose because everybody that's been through the pain, you know, you're now in understanding. You're an understanding of what other people are going through. You're an understanding of what you need to do in order to work through the pain, to understand why the pain is there, why what happened I to you is part of your meaningful purpose in life. And so it's it's all... Uh, part of your life's lesson and the, the more you're willing to go through it the more you'll actually understand why you're here well I really like what you said about understanding other people I think that one of the things in working with the pain that has happened to us is that we learn empathy mm. by processing the pain in very specific ways uh, that enable us not only to understand ourselves but we also can discover what was happening with the people in our lives that have hurt us and in moving into the pain in this very skillful way we learn empathy and creators need empathy because in order to create you have to move beyond yourself and you have to the materials that you're working with have to feel alive to you they have to speak to you in some way and that the way if you if you look at any of the great creators they will talk to you about the materials if it's a writer, the characters are speaking mm. to me. If it's, if it's a sculptor, the clay is speaking yes. to me. Or a woodworker, the wood is speaking to me. The landscape is speaking to me. So that is empathy. We need the sensitivity to be able to receive the communication that comes from the material that we're working with. And when we have too much pain, not only can we form defenses that block our access to it, but that those same defenses block our capacity to receive, to receive energy from something outside of us, to have the empathy to be able to identify with something outside of ourselves. And we need that as creators in order to receive those subtle energetic messages from the material that we're sculpting, that we're creating. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's all connection, isn't it? You know, all of it helps us connect uh, so yes, much more. And we are not able to connect if our defenses are operating right. at maximum. Yeah. So that we're, yeah, we may be safe, but we're stifled yeah. and we're not good. Yeah, it, the living dead. Then you know, you know, it's you know, we need that meaningful purpose in life to give us a reason to live. You know, we want to contribute. We want to be a, of service. We want to know what we do counts. And the more you're willing to go through that pain, through that fear, and find out what your purpose is, your creativity is, your gift is, the more you can be of service to life. And then, when the more service you are to life, the more you receive from life. So you know, we really have to be willing. Um, to step through the process uh, of that self-discovery and uh, face the pain, face the fear, and um, understand what it is we're here for. Yes, exactly. I think if more people had that connection that you're talking about, the world could be a very different place. It's becoming that because, you know, more and more people like yourself, you know, are out there helping people through the process. Uh, inspiring people, inviting people, giving the people the tools and the encouragement they need to do that. There's never been a time in history when there's been so much support out there. And that's uh, true. Right? And so it's just that yeah. willingness to embrace that support. Find that person that speaks to you. You know, it's the reason why I do these shows. There's somebody here that you've listened to and they're speaking directly to you. That's the person that's going to help you. Um, and, uh, you know, and if Kathy Wilde is that person that's inspired you today to step into your own creativity and face your own fear and your own pain and, and step into meaningful purpose, then how do we get hold of you, Kathy? Well, you can get hold of me a couple ways. You can call me at 707-540-5948. Or you can email me at Kathy Wild, or go to my website at kathywild.com, and there's uh, an email link there. That would be the best way to go. 
or you can call me at 707-540-5948. That is kathywild.com, which is C-A-T-H-Y-W-I-L-D.com and kathywildideas.com. So Kathy spelt with a C and not a K. Wonderful. And your book here is up on Amazon. Um, and so it really helps people kind of step into that creati- creativity, understanding it is from the inside out. And you share uh, tools and tips and inspirations for people uh, to, to start kind of being inspired enough to take the journey. Yes, this my book is a very intimately written book. And I've been told that it really speaks to a person's heart and soul and their mind as well. I try to uh, include uh, something for everybody who is interested in the creative process and is looking to go deeper. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for doing so. You know, creativity, as you said, it is in, it's in wild ideas. <laughs> That's why that title is so good. And, um, you know, it may start off being a wild idea, but, you know, in, until you're willing to nurture it and, and journey with it, you have no idea where that wild idea is going to take you, and it may just be the gift that you were given that you need to make your meaningful purpose. So um, embrace those wild ideas, right? Yes, do. And and if you want to get support, go for that, too. It's yeah. very important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today, Kathy. It's been an absolute delight. You're, you're a woman of definitely sharing her journey and all you know, the wonders and the tools and the expertise that you have. And uh, I know whoever comes to you is definitely going to be helped along their way. So thank you for writing the book and thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me on your show. It's been great. My pleasure. So folks, remember, you know, those wild ideas that you've got in your head, you think, oh, it will never happen. Well, that will never happen is purely your fear. It's purely um, you not allowing yourself to explore. Be willing to go through the process because we need those wild ideas. It's what makes the world go round. And that creativity is what gives us existence. So don't be afraid to embrace it. Until next time, folks. Bye for now.